everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this is that podcast that Corey and I started a few years back to help thin our gap list. Um, these are always a movie that one of us have not seen. Uh, we pick a theme every month, and this month's theme is A River Runs Through Us, parentheses, now streaming. So these are movies that are currently streaming on one of the, the services that we subscribe to. By coincidence, all of them are from Amazon Prime this month. Um, we pick a different theme every month. And we're going to be reviewing tonight uh, the film What They uh, what they Had from 2018. Um, we'll get into all the specifics. We'll do a full review later in the episode. But first, we like to check in with each other, just see how we're doing before we start talking about what we've been watching and getting into our actual review. So, Corey, how's it going? I'm so glad that the day is over and that it's Friday. And, yeah. And it's finally summer in Boise for right now. I'll, uh, we can check in again next week and see how it's going. <laughs> see if it's back to winter yet again. Huh? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's 47 degrees outside. It still gets really cold at night, which mm. is interesting. But um, it's... It's technically the desert, so it does that. Um, it's very lush and beautiful, though, so anyone who wants to come visit, please do. But yeah, that's... I'm just trying to get everyone to come visit. Well, <laughs> um, it's funny you should say visitor. I got a, a text from a friend of our of the podcast, uh, Brendan, today. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, he ran into one of my heroes, Kevin Smith, uh, here in Florida, and got to take a selfie with him, and I am very, very jealous. Um you know but still it's really cool and there's always that chance i i don't think i've ever had a like celebrity encounter like that and it it, i mean i live in a part of florida where i I wouldn't expect it very often but still like i've been to like like disney world universal you know i've been to south by southwest and i saw some celebrities but not no one that i was like oh my god i gotta get a selfie or something with and you know i've interviewed some people too like but it's just i've never had that random run-in like he's at a store and though there's Kevin Smith buying something probably for Kevin's mom because she lives in Florida. Um, but yeah, I was very, very jelly of uh, our friend getting to get a selfie with uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith today. But especially since it's not like he was somewhere super far away. Like I was almost like, hold him there. I'll be there in an hour. You know, Tie <laughs> him up, please. Yeah. <laughs> They've got rope on aisle nine. I'm just kidding. We, I sound like a creep and I'm yeah. not. Yeah, no, we, we say that in jest. Um, please don't kidnap celebrities or anybody. Yeah, please, um, and please don't, like, you know, I just could never be a famous person. Yeah, oh, I, I, I don't know. I think I could be a famous person. I'd probably, I already like to hide, and, uh, you know, I, I exactly. wear a hat. To be fair, in a small community, being a teacher does elevate you a bit, because everybody knows who you are. Oh, because yeah. you've either taught them or someone they know, and so... You know, I, I kind of already live that local celebrity life. Again, not that people necessarily like me, mind you, but they know so me. So modest. No, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, if I walk into a supermarket or, like, any populated area, usually somebody knows me. Sometimes they don't want to say hi. The difference is they never come to get a selfie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not like, oh, my God, Mr. Burkenfield, selfie. Like, that doesn't happen. And you're like, but I look like hell. I was just coming in to get a, you know, a jug of, or gallon of milk. I don't even, like, really buy milk, so I forgot what it was called for a minute, so. It's a jug. Um, in Boise, I'm sure it's all jugs, right? Like, you know, <laughs> moonshine and jugs. Um, you know. 
I'm out of here. Excuse <laughs> me, we have a lot of vodka because potatoes. Oh, that's right. I should have known. Um, well, but you don't put vodka in jugs. That'd be weird. Uh, they can put it in whatever they want to. <laughs> it's delicious. I've had a fun week, um, although a lot of what I've done this week does connect back to film, but I'll hold <laughs> off on that. Um, I did have a, you know, my daughter um, has, a, for now I'm just going to say a gluten allergy. It's something different, but it's essentially a gluten allergy. So if you are a person who's gluten intolerant, um, it's something that I know a lot of mainstream people have stopped eating gluten for reasons that aren't really allergies, but it is like a real thing that I doubted for a little while because it's one of those, it, it seemed like it just came out of nowhere. But now that my daughter is like, I've seen her suffer because of gluten. So, um, or at least what we can currently conclude is gluten. And um, so like, I've had to really look for like restaurants and things like that. And uh, we went to um, Jersey Mike's, which has gluten-free bread. Um, it's Udi's gluten-free bread too. And then uh, they take the, the allergy thing seriously. Like they wipe down all of their, their utensils and they, they use a different cutting board and like they wrap it with uh, paper to keep it like all cross-contamination avoidable. And I, I uh, we, it, one, so for her, it's a good option because she loves subs. Not only that, Jersey Mike's was her favorite sub. Like it used to be Wawa. And then she had Jersey Mike's, and it took over, and she preferred Jersey Mike's over Wawa. Um, still like Wawa subs, mind you, but, like, that was, like, her secondary. And so the fact that her favorite sub can give her at least something close to the same thing, even though the bread's a little different, like, texture-wise, the gluten-free bread is a little spongier. Um, she's still, like, really happy to get that, and it, like, you know, it's cool that they're so uh, willing to, like, go that extra mile. Because some places claim to be gluten-free and then you watch what they do and they don't really seem to like to get it like whether that could be a local you know the store isn't trained properly or whatever but like every i've been to like two different jersey mics and they go above and beyond um to do that and i i uh you know i'm, I'm happy with that and plus for uh, as i've mentioned on the last podcast i am currently on the keto diet and they have uh, the sub tubs or it's just the sub in a tub instead of on bread and uh getting like a philly cheesesteak salad essentially is pretty dang awesome like it's really really good so just a shout out to jersey mike's for being uh so like dietary compatible because there's a lot of places where i'm just like well can't ever eat there again so um yeah just and actually red robin also uh super gluten-free don't know if you uh if you have any encounters with that i know you you're not currently having to avoid gluten but Mm-mm. I would be really sad if I did because <laughs> I just really love carbs. Well, well it's not. <laughs> oh my god, like, like, potatoes are okay. Um, rice is okay. Oh yeah, I know, but I just like I I love donuts. Okay, oh. but I never let myself have donuts. And the other night, I just really needed like the blueberry cake donut from Krispy Kreme, and you know, like. A month or so ago, Bill took me to my favorite cupcake shop, and it's just, like, it's all of those foods that, like, if, obviously, if I had to eat gluten-free, of course I would, but I just, yeah. I know how much it would impact my life, and they put gluten in everything, because my cousin can't really have gluten either. Yeah, well, they put so, flour in everything, and that's usually the well, kicker, but... Yeah, but you, uh, yeah, maybe it is flour, I don't know, but I, like, cook with a lot of different spices and seasonings and stuff, and I know that she even has to, like really be careful about that stuff because they put they it put filler in yeah yeah they yeah, put exactly. filler in those spices 
Um, I found, because I had to do the same, like, I had all of the, I bought cheap spices, you know, like Dollar Tree, Publix, like, low-end, like, their brand spices, because I don't use them that often, I just like to have some stuff if I'm cooking something, but, um, everything, I had to go and buy gluten-free stuff, um, found out it's not too expensive, there's, um, it's, I believe it's a, um, like a Hispanic brand, Badia, I think is the name of it, it's something like that, um, all of their spices are, like, gluten-free, and they're, they're affordable, they're, like, $2 a, a thing, um, I guess. So I was able, you know, I bought a bunch of those. And uh, almond flour is expensive. Um, but, like, if you go to, like, the Bulk Nation type stores, you can get it pretty affordable, comparative. Um, for me, though, I can't use any flour or anything for the keto stuff. But, um, like, I've, I've been. Not even, like, well, because almond has. Uh, it's a, uh, it adds it has carbs. carbs in I mean, you can eat a little yeah. bit. Like, it's not like it's a no carb diet. It's just you're trying to keep your carbs below 50 grams. Um, usually 20 to 50 and so it, i'm not trying to this is not a keto podcast and this is the second week in a row we're talking about it but but it we is, love food yeah and it is uh it's a lifestyle change but um you know like next week i'm actually i have uh, i'm taking four of my students and a co-worker we're going to a yearbook workshop for three days um and so like i'm i'm having to like prep myself because i won't have access to my gym but there's a gym in the hotel so like but i don't know what they'll have so my routine might get a little altered and that's kind of stress me out a little bit and the meals are provided for breakfast lunch and dinner and breakfast is uh to order so i can just get like what i would normally eat like eggs and bacon or eggs and sausage or something um hopefully they'll have avocado or something i can uh, supplement because that's a good fat um but then like lunch i have no idea if i'm gonna get like anything i can eat because my my big thing is a lot of times when you have like catered stuff they smother the meat with sauces and those usually yeah. are packed with sugar, and that's where the carbs get, you know, lumped into otherwise perfectly great protein. So I, I'm, like, kind of stressing, like, lunch and dinner for the next – those. Uh, it's only two days that I have to deal with the lunch and dinner. Um, I think there's lunch on Wednesday, but we're going to be leaving right after because one of the benefits of this particular workshop is we get uh, passes to a theme park. Um, oh. when, I, when we went two years ago, we got Disney passes. Uh, this year we're getting universal passes. So after I, I take my four students and my my colleague, uh, we're gonna go either. I think we're doing Islands of Adventure and we're gonna hang out. Basically, we're just gonna hang out at Hogsmeade. Um, you know, I don't really I don't ride rides, so I don't care. Oh, about I know. The rides. Uh, yeah, I know you know, but the listeners <laughs> don't know. Um, I don't I know. do rides, uh, but I do love Hogwarts and all things Harry Potter. So I will uh, be hanging out Please. in the area, drinking me some. Uh, I was going to say, have one for me. I'm going to have a butterbeer, even though I'm sure that is so packed with sugar. I don't think I can not have a butterbeer. Because um, I don't get to go to Universal very often. Usually, uh, for a good four or five years, we went to Halloween Horror Nights at, with uh, me, Corey, and Brendan. Um, and then Corey's not come to uh, Florida the last two years, so we haven't been able to I go. I think that we should just... I'm going to just start a GoFundMe. I mean, do you see what people get funded through Go, GoFundMe? I mean, yes. Um... I don't know. I, I didn't have a lot of success. We I, we had some helpers, but a lot of the money we got was from uh, one or two donors. Um, I am grateful for everyone who gave anything, but and I guess you know I, maybe they'll fund your vacation. You never know. Maybe you have uh, more contacts, or maybe your Twitter is more active. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm just um, kidding. <laughs> like even the Jersey Mike thing. Uh, the reason why I brought it up was we were at a movie, so. I think now we can transition into what we've been watching. 
Perfect. I'm going to go first this week. Ooh, look at that. All right, go for it. I have my list ready and everything. So, obviously, I've been working through Six Feet Under. I'm in season four. There are only five seasons. (sighs) But I finally finished the book Watership Down Mm. by Richard Adams. And the book was fantastic. I loved it so, so much. I can't even describe, but I'm a slow reader, so it took me a while to read it. Um, I watched the movie and how you going to take 475 pages and put that into an hour and 31 minutes. Mm. Yeah, that's, so that, that's all tight. Yeah, everything was rushed. I felt like they left out some very important things, whatever. I rewatched The Others because that movie is a it's, masterpiece. It's so good. So good. Um, and I always just remember Bill and I going to see that in theaters. Um, I went to see Rocket Man on Saturday. Oh. Already in one of our small screening rooms. Yeah. Um, so good. Like oh. there were, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bill had to listen to me sing Elton John the whole time. And I think that you might know, but Honky Cat is like my favorite Elton John song ever. Like, no one will ever convince me that there's a better Elton John, Elton John song. So um, I'm not trying to give away spoilers, but um, I love that there was a scene with that song. Mm-hmm. So much made me so freaking happy. And I actually went to an early screening on Tuesday with my friend to The Dead Don't Die. Ah. And <laughs> I, I feel like probably everyone else in the theater thought that we were inebriated or something but we weren't but it was so funny but we were the only people laughing really that's yeah um for like a long time and i so i was a little pissed um we got there and my friend was waiting in line and then all of a sudden there wasn't any employee at this line to get her concessions so she moved to another line, and then that line just wasn't even moving. So she moved to another line. We ended up being a little bit late to our screening, so oh man, I was pissed. I'm like never late going into a movie. Um, but yeah, we were laughing like the whole time, like from the get go. And I feel like it took like at least thirty minutes for the rest of the crowd to like. And I just felt awkward because we were the only ones laughing. So I was like trying to quiet my I don't know. Well, that's um. Jarmouche is not for everybody. You've you've been trained a little with him because uh, you've seen Patterson and Dead Man, right? Yeah, and I've Coffee seen, and Cigarettes. And, oh, and Only Lovers Left Alive, which oh, yes. is one of the best movies ever made. And you're just you're missing Broken Flowers, I think, from what I've seen. So, uh, which I do recommend you check that one out. Um, I need to. And I still have to. I can't get a hold of Ghost Samurai. Uh, Ghost Dog. Uh, excuse me, Ghost Dog. Oh, I found it for really cheap on eBay because I was looking to finish up, like, the DVDs I found to use eBay for pretty cheap because I know it's out of print, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things right now out of print. I'm hoping Criterion's going to release uh, Ghost Dog. It's been rumored for years, though, and so it's not, like, a it, who knows if it'll ever happen. Um, there's a lot of things like that that are driving me crazy that I, I want to get my hands on. Like, it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't no, mean to interrupt. Okay. Like, the things that you don't think should be out of print, too, like, yeah. that are very popular or well-regarded, and, like, I know that we've had a hard time getting, a, you know, a hold of a or, couple movies. You know, like, 
even the stuff that isn't available digitally is like baffling to me. Stupid. Like, yeah. If if it was a D, like I get if the there was never a transfer, but if it's a DVD or a Blu-ray already, it's like how hard would it be to convert it into the uh, the digital format? Um, but um, I, I don't want to interrupt what you've been watching. The is there anything else on your list, or is uh, Dead Don't Die the last thing? Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, so I've been I've mentioned several times I think at this point that I'm listening to the Blank Check. Uh, podcast and um they're currently doing a michael mann study uh or uh miniseries where they go through michael mann's career and i have not seen almost any michael mann movies which i did not realize how many i had not seen until they started their podcast so i've been kind of working my way through it um uh i mentioned i watched thief last week so this weekend i watched manhunter which is the uh, original hannibal lecter story uh they they did do oh, a yeah. different version of this movie called red dragon with Edward Norton and Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal, but this is from 1986, and uh, Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter here, and Lecter is spelled differently. Um, it's really good. Uh, definitely made me want to rewatch Red Dragon, and then I was listening to the podcast episode. Now I want to watch um, the Hannibal TV series because I found out that season three they cover the Red Dragon story in the show. So I'm like, oh well, now I really have to watch the show too. Um, and I've heard the show's great, but I just hadn't got, I don't, I'm so behind on TV just in general. I've missed so many seasons of so many shows, but, um, I then also watched later in the week, I watched The Last of the Mohicans, which is another Michael Mann film that I thought I'd seen, but having watched it now, I'm, I don't think I ever had. Um, I think I just was very aware of it as a kid. Uh, it's a Daniel Day-Lewis leading role, and it's a very different type of Daniel Day-Lewis performance than I've seen before. Um, I, I didn't love the movie. I don't dislike it but uh i don't it some of it definitely doesn't hold up um i i i also saw the dead don't die my daughter and i went that's why we went to jersey mike's the other night we had a pre-screening on monday um it was a public screening our crowd laughed frequently but i heard a lot of people saying they didn't like the movie afterwards and i think they're crazy um but i also know that jarmusch is not for everybody i think it's great um, I don't think it's a masterpiece, uh, but I do think it's really, really funny, and it's very good. And Adam Driver and Bill Murray are so awesome. Um, I love them so, so much. And Chloe Sevigny. She's so oh, yeah. funny. I oh. just... Be, like... I mean, I don't think there's a bad performance in the movie. Um, you know, uh, Tom, Tom Waits is great. Um, I, yeah, I the cast is insane, and it's, it's really, 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 really fun. Um, there's a few things that are... I don't know. I like. I, I definitely want to watch it again. Um, and it is playing in our. It's playing about thirty minutes away from me, so I might make the drive and check it out a second time. But, um, but a movie that I had heard great things and it has like a ninety-one on Rotten Tomatoes that I've never seen, and I don't really know why. But uh, about a boy. Have you ever seen that, Corey? Oh no! But doesn't that have? Is that the one with Hugh Grant? It is a Hugh Grant movie. Um, okay. It also introduces us to Nicholas Holt. Uh, as a kid like he's the kid in the movie um and you know him from like he is in um oh my god nicholas holtz in like, the x-men movies now as beast but he's uh he's in max max oh my god mad max fury road could not get i was like max Payne is not what i'm trying to say but it's what's coming out um and he's in uh well he's currently in tolkien which is where he's playing like the author tolkien i've heard that's not very good um but it also has tony collette rachel vice um and Tony Collette, almost unrecognizable in this film. She has really short hair, and she's great, though, as per usual. 
Um, but so the important thing though is that I, I think I would have watched this a long time ago had I realized this, but it's a, it's based on a Nick Hornby book. Um, yeah. you know, high fidelity, one of my favorites. And then we both were big fans of, uh, Juliet naked. Um, and so, I, and he, he always has music tied into the, at least the three movies that I am now aware of that he is attributed with writing either the book or, or the screenplay, um, all deal with music to some degree, you know, like obviously Juliet naked, Ethan Hawke's character is a musician, but music is also like kind of the obsession of the characters in high fidelity. He owns a record store and is completely, his whole life is kind of built around music and songs and about a boy. It's a little more simplistic than that with the connection to music, but it still has that connection. It's such a charming movie. It's really great. Um, totally recommend about a boy. Um, and then, uh, real quick, two more movies that I saw. Um, I'm going to go with the bad one first. I saw it today. No. Today I went and saw Men in Black International. Oh, no. I was so disappointed. Court, it is so boring. And I never thought that would be my complaint about a Men in Black movie, Guys. that it's boring. It's like, how do you make it boring? Like, it, it's And with this cast, because I love Tessa Thompson and I love Chris Hemsworth. And they are, they are good at times. Most of the funny parts are in the trailer. Uh, there's a lot of plot issues. Um, and it's 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 pretty disappointing. Uh, and so, honestly, a lot of the summer so far has been really disappointing. Um, a lot of the big releases have not been very good. And a lot of the small ones that aren't getting uh, either the audience or are not getting the theaters um, have been great. Like, I would say... Like, Rocketman is really great, but it's not doing very well at the box office. Booksmart, amazing. Not doing well at the box office at all if it's even still in theaters. Um, and then uh, this weekend, The Dead Don't Die came out, which is really great. But then Men in Black's getting all the buzz, and it's it's such a disappointing film. And it's it's a shame because I wanted to like it. Um, and I'm a, I love the first one. I don't love the second one very much. I do like the third one, although I think I've only seen the third one maybe once and a half, where I've seen the first one a dozen times. Um, this this one's really really disappointing, but on the other hand, I got a, a preview of what's coming out next weekend. Um, I got to go to the critic screening, critic and D twenty three screening of Toy Story four this past Wednesday, and I was able to take my daughter as well. Um, I went into Toy Story four very very nervous, Corey. Um, I am I don't know if you know how much the Toy Story movies mean to me. Um, but I love the Toy Story franchise. It might be my favorite animated franchise. It probably is my favorite animated franchise. The The third movie, I've been on record telling many, many people it has made me cry more than any other movie in history. It's so good. And so many people like write it off. They're like, well, the third one's not very good. And I'm like, That's we must insane. have seen the, seen totally different movies yeah, then. because totally insane. Um, I love the whole trilogy. Some people hate on the fourth one. Uh, the, not the fourth one, the second one, which is also crazy. Um, but... I went into the fourth one very nervous, uh, especially because the trailers did not interest me. Forky looked it kind looked of like so a bad. weird, not so good thing. And even before we went, like I didn't realize my daughter was actually looking forward to it so much. I didn't know if she would be. I kind of like made her go because my wife was out of town, and I didn't want to leave my daughter like home alone with me like an hour away. So I was like, "You're gonna have to come." And she was like, "Oh, great! I can't wait." I'm like, "Oh." Oh, I didn't know if you wanted <laughs> yes. to see this because uh, she's at that teenage. You You're know, cynical. Where, yeah. I didn't know if she'd be into like an animated movie. And to be fair, it's funny because the first Toy Story came out when I was at that age where I was just starting to like cartoons are lame. But Toy Story always grabbed me. It didn't matter. And um, so I went into the fourth one very skeptical and I loved every minute of it. Um, 
it, it's so great. Uh, I can't wait to see it again. Um, that's what my wife was even a little bitter because we we've seen most of the Toy Story movies. Uh, well, we saw Toy Story three all together, um, but she knows how much they mean to me, and so they mean a lot to her also. And she was kind of bummed that we got to see it without her. And I was like, oh, I'm seeing it again, so it's fine. Like I don't mind going uh, multiple times. I I am very happy. I do think though, as far as our top five summer movie wager goes, that it just won me the competition. I don't think you guys have a chance now. Um, because I was, I got Lion King and Toy Story 4, and if one of those does well, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to win. And I think Toy Story 4 is going to be a huge box office after seeing it. Um, I would be so surprised. But it, it's The critic reception is super positive. Uh, the crowd that I was with, which again was mainly critics, but there's also D23 is like a Disney f- fan club thing. So they were able to bring their kids and all that. The, everyone in the theater was was having a blast i i love the toy story films i don't remember laughing at any of them as much as i laughed at this one um and then when you look at some of the addition to the cast it kind of makes sense that there's a lot more humor in this one because you get key and michael key and jordan peele uh teamed up again in a comedic role which is great um their characters are very very funny um keanu reeves i don't know if you know that or not but he's playing uh um, yes duke kaboom who's a canadian stuntman and holy crap so funny um and uh i i didn't realize but you know annie potts is the voice of bo peep in the the original movies i did not know that i did not know that either and she's back voicing bo peep who has a major uh this is by far the most bo peep is used and she nails it like annie potts is so on point um i i love toy story 4 so so much um, Big Tuna, who, who actually is the reason I was able to go to the screening, um, I, he's claiming it as his favorite of the franchise. I'm not willing to go there yet, but I, I don't have, I don't know that I can even tell you my order of the franchise because I love each movie so much. They all mean something to me. They all work differently, and honestly, the trailers for four felt like they were rehashing the uh, storyline from two, and they are not. Um, there is a there are some similarities but it it deviates dramatically from wherever you think it might go um and it, it's such a great movie um i am so pleased because again i was very worried because i have i love this franchise like if they ever made back to the future 4 i would have similar feelings of like hesitation because i love the entire back to the future trilogy and it's one of my favorite trilogies and so like if they were like, oh, we're going to do a fourth one, I'd be very nervous. Toy Story is up there as well, and they they nailed it. And I, I can't believe... I, I shouldn't be so surprised, as Pixar rarely missteps, but they have done some, like, not-so-great sequels. Uh, the whole Cars trilogy is not so great. The first one, I think, is solid. Second two, not so good. Monsters University is okay. It's not a great sequel. Finding Dory is really fun. But it's kind of an unnecessary sequel. Like I have not been compelled to rewatch Finding Dory. You know, not that it's I not funny. Really oh, really? Yeah. You should watch it. It's very funny. I haven't it's even just... watched like the whole first one. What? An email. Yeah. Corey. <laughs> I know. Here um, I am. Well, and then Incredibles two last year is good, but it it still it doesn't it's not as good as the first one. The Toy Story movies, which are kind of the the staple, have all been amazing in my opinion, and the fourth one does not uh, differentiate from that that trend. So I'm very excited. If you were looking forward to it, um, no spoilers there. Just be ready. It's it's excellent. Um, and that I believe concludes what we've been watching. 
Are you ready to get into the movie of the week? Yes. All right. Now, um, again, the theme for this month, listeners, are is uh, A River Runs Through Us. So we picked films from streaming services that we uh, currently subscribe to, and it just so happens that all of ours um, were uh, Amazon Prime. And one movie that I had been wanting to... Um, see for a while from last year was what they had uh the plot synopsis for what they had is bridget returns home at her brother's urging to deal with her ailing mother and her father's reluctance to let go of their life together um stars hillary swank as bridget michael shannon as her brother nick robert forrester as bert the father blythe danner as ruth the mother and tysa farmiga uh, as um, bridget's daughter emma and uh, for good measure, he's barely in it, but he shows up. Josh Lucas is Eddie, her husband. Um, uh, it's directed and written by Elizabeth Chomko, who I'm not familiar with any of her other work. Um, so this is my first film of hers um, that I've seen. And uh, But the premise um, and, and the, the cast had like kind of drew me in. And then um, I read some good reviews from critics that i i like including big tuna who um was a fan of this film and it, it when i was picking out the movies i was like you know what this one i think will will work partly because michael shannon and i both you and i are big i mean fans i kind of like him yeah. yeah so um a little now i texted you right after i finished watching this movie and asked if you'd seen the film already yeah and i did that because i was going to ask you a question um, but I opted not to because we usually do not discuss the films before we get on the podcast. And yet I was so prompted. Um, so I'm going to ask it now. Did you? Is it a spoiler? N- no, it's not a spoiler. If I cried. I'm going to ask if you ugly cried. I just about dropped the f bomb. I like was sobbing. Like I don't. I, when I say that I ugly cry, I like ugly cry, and I'm. I don't think I look good as a you know. But I'm not, like, Kim Kardashian-level ugly cry. <laughs> but, yeah. um, like, the next day, my eyes and my face was just, like, puffy and gross. And I was just hating you. <laughs> so, um... I was dehydrated because I was crying. Oh, oh, man. Do you get like that? Because I... I don't like, think I cry that much. Uh, just like I, drinking water, and Bill comes in the bedroom because I watched this one in our room, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "We'll have to talk about it later." <laughs> yeah. So, I wa um. Okay, so my I watched this Thursday afternoon, and my daughter went um to a friend's place. Uh, wait, was this right? I think so. Um. And now my my everything feels off. Uh, cause I know she was home because I, um, I cried like real, real hard. Like I don't usually, usually when I say I cry in a movie, it's like a tear rolls down my cheek kind of cry. This movie hit so hard <laughs> at points and we won't get into what or why just yet. Cause we do, we do go spoiler free, but I, I was pretty emotionally wrecked when I picked up my wife. Um, I had to meet her and her boss uh in like brandon like an hour away mm. um last night like i picked her up at, like eight o'clock last night um but i watched the movie at like four so like five o'clock or so i'm like emotionally wrecked and then i had to wait two like usually i eat dinner about six o'clock and then i don't eat again 
but my wife wanted us to get dinner once I picked her up because she would not have had time to eat because they've been driving for three and a half hours. So I'm like, okay, so now I'm emotionally drained and I'm hungry. This is going to be a long <laughs> night. Oh. You know? And um, yeah, I yet yeah, I do want to point out though, um, this movie is extremely emotional, but I I really really liked it. Um, so I don't regret picking it yet. Man, it was like an ordeal. Um, it's like it, I. I kind of wanted to be, like, prepared for it, though. But then also, I think if I was prepared for it, I probably would have kind of dreaded it, if that makes sense. I knew I, the premise alone, because the, the plot synopsis... But not that much. Yeah, the plot synopsis doesn't give you enough, I don't think. But, like, there's a lot this movie is doing that I, I honestly... This is the hardest part for me. I feel like I need to watch it again <laughs> to get all of what this movie is doing. And I don't think I can. <laughs> like, um, I, I'm I'm tempted to like subject my wife to it, but I'm pretty sure she'll be angry with me for making her cry so much. Um, I'll just text her and tell her there's no dog involved. There is no dog involved, and that is a Thank big thing. Gosh, because you're kind of the worst at that. By I, the way, know, hold on, I don't make the movies. <laughs> like, like, no, but you like have a knack. You're like, we should really watch this movie. Really, it was just the John Wick movies, guys. Maybe there was another no, one or two, but uh, damn it. Hunt for the Wilder People, John Wick, <clears throat> every Wes Anderson movie for some reason. God, you're the... Yes! <laughs> like, how are you going to have beautiful candy-colored movies and then... Oh. Yeah. Um, no, and well, in fact, I had uh, Kingsman Secret Service on, and then I remembered there's a whole thing with the dog, so I had to, like, change it before it happened so my wife wouldn't oh, see God. it. Oh, um, That's... Yeah, because I'm like, I don't want to ruin her her Elton John film. You know? That's that's when they got to be friends, and now they're, like, making songs together, and he's tearing... Is it Ed Edgerton? Egerton? I think it's... It's not Edgerton, because that's, like, Joel Edgerton. It's Egerton, I guess? Egerton? Okay. Now they're, like, friends, and he's, like, going out on stage and, like, yeah, at Elton's concert concerts. Yeah. So right, y'all can be so, friends. I'm down with it. Um, We've said that we cried. Let's do a real quick, without spoilers... What were your thoughts on the film? Did you uh, enjoy the, any particular performances? Did you like it? What What are your What are you thinking? Um, I did enjoy this movie. I thought that it started a little slow, but I think when it picks up, it's really good and it had my attention. Um, I think that every single performance in this was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, Blythe Danner, though, for real, didn't she? Because she was in. Um, hearts beat loud and didn't she also have like alzheimer's yeah. or dementia well, in that or something we haven't mentioned that the character has oh. dementia uh it's not a spoiler you you learn that in the first 10 minutes of the film um okay but yes in hearts beat loud uh it is i i think they say the beginning of alzheimer's um mm -hmm. yeah uh which is one of my favorite movies from 2018 She's great in that. And then I mentioned on the uh, end of last week's episode, she's in a film from this year with um, John Lithgow called The Tomorrow Man, and I loved her in that movie as well. Um, so she's she's just crushing it right now. And one of the things I really like about uh, w how Hollywood, or at least indie studios, are using her is that she is um, she's getting to have like romantic lead parts, even though she's older. And for a long time, you didn't see it. Um, um, and it's, it's kind of refreshing because, uh, she's so charming and even like in this movie, she's charming and heartbreaking, but, um, 
you know, she and she's barely in Hearts Be Loud. She's got a couple of scenes, but you know, she's she's there. Um, but yeah, I I agree with the performances uh, that you just noted, though. Um, even uh, Tysa Farmiga, who I am less familiar with than her, I'm assuming sister, um, or right? Uh, yeah, yeah I think sister, that's, right? yeah. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Tysa's bigger films. Um, I saw from last year, though, two bad examples of her abilities. Uh, the Ooh. Nun, which was so bad, and The Mule, which was really bad. Um, but uh, I, w- I want to see the film The Final Girls. I've not seen that yet, and I want to see Anna that's coming out. I think that's this. No, Anna's... Uh, never mind. Anna's old. I thought she was in the new Anna. Um, maybe a- Anna's okay. Uh, she's in The Bling Ring, which I've been meaning to watch, um, but... She's. I thought she was pretty good in this. Um, I I am up and down with Hillary Swank though. I I don't love her as an actress, but I don't dislike her. But I think she's really dialed in to this character, and I think she, uh, she's well cast here. Um, and I think she works really well with with what she's got going on. Uh, Michael Shannon is always amazing, and he does not fail in this role either. Um, what do you think of his performance? That he played a D-bag really well. So I hope that that's not, like, real. See, I, I'm concerned because I did not feel like he was a total D-bag. I feel like he has moments, but I totally understood why he was having them. And I they kept saying he was an asshole and stuff. And I'm just like, I mean, a little. But y'all are very, I like, think that, like, you can say the things that you need to say without being an asshole. I don't think that you have to present things the way I, that he was presenting them the whole time. That might be true, but I also think he was at a point where he felt helpless. and I can appreciate that, too. And so that's, I don't know, I really connected with, not like where I'm like, I completely agreed with his behavior, but I definitely never felt um, as angry at him as the other characters seemed to. Um, well, I think that also, though, like, he's kind of trying to pressure his sister into doing things that she doesn't necessarily want to do either. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I, I think he, I do. I, I agree. He's not giving her the option as much as he's commanding her to do what he thinks needs to be done. And you can't really call someone for help and then only want a certain help, I think. Well, and, the, the, like, they have... I, from the trailer, when I, I saw this, I don't remember where or what, what movie I saw when I saw the trailer for this last year, but um, I, I thought we were going to get more of their relationship. Uh, like, that, like, I thought it was they were going to really play the fact that he stayed in Chicago while she moved off. And they don't really get into that much. Like, there are there is a conversation, but he doesn't seem like he's mad at her for leaving. But he does kind of, like, point out that like you left and i was stuck here and yet i need you to be able to make this happen um and so i do think there's like he's a little bitter about that and i don't i don't fault him for that um but yeah he's i mean we're really talking about his performance here not so much the character so performance is is amazing as Michael Shannon is always killer now um i forget have you seen jackie brown Oh, some of it and a long time ago. Okay, so the dad, Robert Forrester, is the the main guy um, in... He's the detective character, or the private eye, I think, is more accurate. Um, he's... I'm trying to remember his role, but he ends up helping Jackie Brown in the movie. Like, they 
work together to like uh, ward off Sam Jackson's character, basically. Um, and he's he, that was the first time I I was really aware of him was when I watched Jackie Brown a couple years ago for the first time. Um, he's in obviously a lot of other stuff, but um, I haven't seen everything. But I really like him in this movie as well. Um, and I uh, man. Oh yeah, he was in Small Crimes that we did uh, for this podcast a couple years ago, which was a Netflix original film that stars uh, the dude for, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, I like Robert Forster as an actor, and so I was really excited to see how he plays this role. Um, I thought he was the most frustrating part of this movie, but like not his performance, but like just I, the character. I didn't. I didn't think so. I. I don't think you can be with someone that long and then... Oh, but that's why I, like, I don't think he was wrong, mind you, but I also think he was, he was, I'm a very logical person, so a lot of times I can put my emotions to the side to Oh God, not me. Logic, and so that's where I, <laughs> no. I was really connecting with Michael Shannon's characters. I felt like, logically, he had the most correct answer or path emotionally i totally understood where the dad was coming from but i think he was and it was it's very clear he's blinding himself to uh truth um because of his emotions and that is why i was frustrated like i sympathize with him but i'm also like but dude clearly like you need to you can't keep doing the, this the way you're doing it um i i really want to talk about the, the the plot and stuff so we need to go to spoilers uh listeners if you have not seen what they had, uh, we b- both seem to recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. If you're a subscriber, you can watch it for free. Um, but Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You've been warned. So I took like the least notes I've taken for a movie club movie um, in a while. But Same I, th- I don't think I needed to because I was emotionally invested. Um and I did something different because I don't usually watch movies in parts, but I started this um, early in the morning on Thursday, and then I stopped. Um, I got I think thirty minutes in, and I stopped, and then I finished it later. Um, I do want to say I I didn't think it was slow, but now that you now that I'm thinking back, I wasn't really that invested at the first thirty minutes. Um, I was like, I can't be all in if it's going to continue like this. But. I do think the opening is really powerful where you see her like getting ready when it's so dark and you see her walk out into the snow. Oh yeah. And that shot where it just lingers on her walking down the center of the road and it's like centered screen. And then she just kind of, I feel like they fade her out before she would have actually been off. Um, implying this kind of like she's missing, she's lost. And you just linger on the street for a second without them telling us why or why we should be concerned. And then we, I think immediately cut to Hillary Swank's phone ringing and we are we find out that the mom's gone missing, um, or maybe it's Michael Shannon's phone first, and then he calls her. But yes, um, we you know the mom has dementia, as we mentioned. That's played by Blythe Danner, um, and she is. Uh, I think what we based on the events of the movie, we're supposed to assume she woke up and sees a old man in her bed, and or in a bed that she doesn't recognize or understand, and she gets up and leaves because who the hell is this guy where am i um and she looks to go home and ends up riding a train that her father used to uh, be a conductor or an engineer on or something like that and 
Uh, this movie will break your heart time and time again because of the dementia and um, the love that you see between Robert Forrester and her. Um, and then it's juxtaposed with um, Hilary Swank's character, who is uh, questioning her marriage, which for what we're, we're shown from her husband, Eddie, is that their marriage is perfectly fine. She just isn't in love with him. I But, and, and I just don't, I'm, I know, and I kept... I'm jumping ahead, but no, that's I all what we do. was hoping that she was going to come around and see that being in love isn't, it is, because that's something that her dad talks about all throughout the movie is that it's not always good times and you have to work at it and love isn't perfect and it's work and I think that you have to work to stay in love too and I thought that that was going to... I I agree with that. I, I think being in a relationship is work. But it has to be work you want to do. Um, I think that's true of, like, I think that's true of work work. Like, if you don't love what you're doing, it's going to feel like torture. And I think the same thing. If you don't love the relationship, then the work you're doing isn't going to help because you don't want to be there. And I think that's the difference is she never, as the, the harshest thing I think I've ever heard in a movie is a daughter telling her dad, you made it seem like I couldn't do any better. And then him saying, you couldn't. And I was like, ouch. And then he clarifies, not that you couldn't, that Eddie is so great. He thinks Eddie is a home run, his exact words. And um, so he kind of pushed her to marry Eddie. They, and like, he, he like has Eddie on the same level as her brother. Higher. She even says like, even more at times like um yeah he he treats him as a son better than than uh he treats nick from what we saw as we knew that nick owns a bar he looks down at nick for that and um he had never stepped foot in nick's bar which we'll get to in a moment because that's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie but um that's this movie has it's doing so much because i think it's talking about uh you know, obviously it's dealing with memory because of, you know, um, and Alzheimer's and or dementia. I think they say dementia for her, though. I don't think they say Alzheimer's. Um, but she's she's forgetting things. She's uh, she thinks she's a kid a lot of the times, like in, in her t- early 20s. Um, she re- tells a lot of the same stories. And I did get the vibe with some of him, like filling in blanks that some of her stories were not accurate, um, that he was like giving her he was putting in words not to like lie to her just though like to give her a memory even if the memory wasn't real you know um because there was a debate about whether she was ever fat or not and um but the movie the the relationship thing because you have uh obviously the strained relationship between both the daughter and the brother uh the son with the family um then you have bridget and her daughter and there's a strained relationship there. There's a strained relationship with her and Eddie. Um, while we don't, I don't believe we ever meet Michael Shannon's girlfriend. We see her. A we do see times. her. There's a scene where he's crying, and that was his girlfriend. I thought, yeah, she's not prominent, but we know that they are. They're like on the outs because he doesn't want to get married. And they've been together since high school. Yeah, um, on and off apparently. Um, but so there's all these different relationships and and how um, the relationships interact like with because of these relationships how we treat our own relationships and 
um, there's connections with, you know, people from high school and uh, churches. And I mean, it's it's there's a lot going on here and a lot of things being said that I really I do feel like a second viewing would be beneficial to get all of that information. But I was connecting with everybody in different ways. Um, like I got where as a parent, Hillary Swank's character feels college is the only option. And yet, as a person... But I didn't feel like she thought it was the only option. I just... I think that she thought that her daughter didn't realize what a... I don't want to say blessing, but... What an opportunity that she has that she's even able to go to college. Because she said that she would have killed to go to college. Yeah. But she does, I think, say, like, literally, she has to have a degree. I think at some point those words mm-hmm. come out of her mouth and she you know oh, she and learns, her dad said well and her dad's pushing yeah not even an option which uh he's a is he a doctor like they're well to do no he's oh well her husband eddie is yeah. i thought he was a lawyer okay. but no her hillary swank's dad mm. bert said that she doesn't have to have a degree you don't have a degree and you figured it out yeah and then she's like but she hasn't and that's why she's so afraid like all of these characters are so well written and i i really felt like they're all fleshed out we get a lot of information about them it's not there is a lot of dialogue but at the same time it never felt clunky like it always felt very general like when um the hardware guy comes over to do the doorknobs and she just kind of like you know expo dumps on him but it's you totally get why she's like freaking out she's having a moment um, everything's kind of crumbling around her. Uh, I love when she gets caught kissing him, um, by, and how Michael Shading catches it. <laughs> and I think, doesn't he say like "whoops" or something like? I don't even remember, but it was just so funny. Yeah, that's there is there are moments of levity in this film. Um, a lot of it does come from uh, Blythe Danner too, because she is she's so innocent. Even though a lot of the heartbreak comes from her as well. Um, and we, we need to get to that in a couple of moments here. Um, uh, all right. So there's a really awkward shower scene in this film too, though, right? Like w- when she's helping wash her hair out, it's not like super awkward, but there's some, wh- I, I believe... didn't think it was awkward. <laughs> okay. Maybe as a man seeing, two I think it's because adult, you're a man, adult women, <laughs> not, not because they're showering together, but, well, one, I would never, like, shower with my dad, I guess, is one thing. I mean, I guess if I had to, to, like, if he was in a position where I needed to take care of him. But I've never, like, had to do that, so I've never thought about it. But um, it's, it's more like, because she says, wash your hoo-hoo. Or... <laughs> and that was, I was like, okay, I mean, it, well, and then it got me, like, I don't know. Like, if you're, if you have dementia, are you aware of like hygiene on the same level like i've never thought i've never confronted a lot of this um i i have had little experience with dementia alzheimer's um in my life so i don't know all of what happens i am familiar with it it's obviously a um it's a a very painful thing to watch um and it's very very scary uh i i am my memories I don't think that I I don't even want to say this because I feel like it'll be misconstrued. You know, it'll be. But I don't know if I would. 
I don't know if I'd still want to be alive if I was if I didn't have my memories because then I don't feel like I would be me. Yeah, and and yet it seems like you're almost not aware at times that you. Yeah. And that's. Can you even imagine? So my great grandmother, Ma. Like she passed away when I was, I think, seventeen, and I remember her when I was very young, like five or six, and I remember her being with it and then like she had alzheimer's for like 11 or 12 she had alzheimer's for a long time and like there's so much care that goes into you know having Mm -hmm. someone with like memory problems and i don't remember about like hygiene and stuff because her daughter my great aunt like took care of her and stuff like that but like i loved i thought that the character was so well written um like my mom all the time where's my purse did you take my money i had money in my purse and like i thought that ruth didn't get very agitated in this and i have really only had experience with one person with alzheimer's but and i mean she has dementia and i don't really know the ins and outs and the differences between them but like she doesn't really get agitated in this you know what I mean? My mom would yeah. get agitated sometimes. She gets a little like she gets frustrated, but not not as um it's it's more of like you know it's not anger as much as it's like um like irritation or like even maybe like fear like where she like that, I should know this but it's not coming to me and she's like that, looking for assistance. That's what I was like. Like, can you even imagine? Because she she doesn't know that that's her husband in her bed. Mm-hmm. She walks out in the middle of the road in the middle of a snowstorm and disappears for, like, a day, I think. But, like, yeah. I can't even imagine how, like, frightening well, all of that would be. We don't get to see it, but it's referenced two different times in the film that she hits on Michael Shannon's character. Yes. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish they had we had seen it. Um, and then it was referenced because I just feel like that's it's such a dialogue scene that it could have been you know where we witnessed it but maybe they didn't want to play it for comedy and maybe that's what they yeah. were concerned with that if we saw it we, we would laugh at it where hearing it we hear the kind of the horror in his voice of like you don't understand like she doesn't even recognize me to the point that she thought I was a viable option to date like because she has no clue who I am like you don't get how bad this is because he's trying to explain it to Bridget and when he finally throws that at the dad too you know um I there's so many really great scenes in this film I think everything kind of ties together really really well uh you know because we, we again it's a lot of talking this is a talk heavy film but I like a lot of movies like that especially if it feels like people having real conversations For and dinner. I think that's done here i think this movie feels very natural very real um if anyone's big i think it's tysa formiga's a little big at times but she's a college kid who's you know having a little lost she, she's lost because she doesn't know who to turn to like she doesn't there's clearly a struggle with her and her mom and i don't know if that's just angst or if she feels resentment because her mom's been pushing her to go in this one path because her mom reg- has regrets and she's she's kind of pushing that onto her daughter like i regret these things so i'm not going to let you miss out on what i regret not doing and i think that's obviously not how we're supposed to treat our kids we're not supposed to push them in in a direction whether because this is how we live so you must be that way or 
you know, like I've my daughter, I've wanted her to be as obsessed with film as I am. And while I've never I never push her that way. And now like like she used to go to the movies with me almost every week. And now it's like once in a while. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. It it makes me a little sad because it was our thing. Um, and it just, you know, makes me more aware that she's growing up and she's going to find her own things. Um, and that makes me sad, but I also want to be a good parent. So I, I don't get like, I don't force her to go to the movies with me, you know? Um, and I'm not going to force her to be a film person, uh, in any capacity, whether that means, you know, like me, an obsessive, you know, critic of sorts, teacher of it, um, or, you know, going into the industry, I'm not going to make her do that, but I do want her to find her film. You know what I mean? Like film is my obsession. It's my passion. It's where I, I pour so much of my life into studying, analyzing, writing, talking about, um, and teaching others about, I hope every person on the planet gets to find that thing that you love doing so much so that it's both work and your, your, your hobby. Um, and I feel like that's what, Bridget's trying to do in this movie and so I that's another reason I really connected with her is like do you it's think hard to be a parent to uh, I'm not cut out for that um like that I kind of get the feeling that she isn't as independent either as she would like to be and maybe she doesn't want that for her daughter well, because we don't ever hear like what she does uh, like she's a mom i think she's a chef um oh that's right she's up to her wrist and raw poultry every yeah, day and then she mentions eddie right. buying her uh the the cooking the gadgets clients you're right i'm sorry yeah but i don't think she ever says i'm a chef but i think we're like context clues that she's a chef um but she didn't go to school so she may not be a full chef i don't because i feel like you're supposed to go to culinary school to be a, a a chef chef but she definitely runs a restaurant of something you know she's some type of cook or something like that um and then nick runs the bar uh he's a bartender runs a bar apparently a pretty good bartender manhattan is a uh, a drink of the family i've never had a manhattan myself award-winning i know now i want one me too um especially because i like whiskey and there's whiskey in it um but the dad when he shows up to the bar is such an important scene to me um because it's after they've had some really bad fights. Uh, and he... it We hear Nick say that his dad's never been there to Bridget. Yeah. And it obviously hurts him. Yeah, because the dad's definitely... Like, he's capable of being there. It's not like he's an invalid or, or uh, he's in an assisted living situation yet. So he could come at any time and has never bothered. Um, and it's because he looks down on the, the whole thing. Um, so when he shows up, it is, it's really important and it's, it's really powerful. And it's one of the first moments I think I, I choked up a bit. I choked up a couple of early times this time I choke up because it's like, I get that. I get that need of, uh, affirmation from a loved one, you know, whether it's a friend or a boss or a parent, you need to know, you need to feel like they appreciate what you're doing or what you've done. Even if they don't agree with it, you just need them to like, good job. You are successful. Yeah, and that you can still be skilled. I I don't know. It kind of offended me a little bit that he, A, kept calling his son a bartender because, well, every job has to be done. Yeah. And also, like, just, like, that you can't be talented or you can't be good at that. Like, there's no skill involved. Mm. Which is insane. Yeah. I. And then when he drank that Manhattan, he's like, 
I think, damn, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now to the the two major emotional moments, right? Like, she, there's, a, there's like, three. She, she leaves the house again, and he chases after her and has a freak out. Um, like, a, I would say a full-on panic attack. Signs the papers to move her into the retirement home. Big deal. It's a huge deal. Um, before that happens... Where the movie's kind of cruel, but they did hint at this throughout that he has a bad heart. They like I think they mentioned multiple heart attacks. And he, he gets up in the middle of the night. We see him uh, looking kind of worried. We he grabs the phone, calls nine one one. When we see the phone call, uh, this is where the I think the writing is really strong. Nick gets the phone call in the middle of the night. And I think we're supposed to initially think it's the dad calling him to say, hey, I'm, I'm not doing okay. But the ringtone is different, which is where we should know that it's not that phone call. It's worse. Um, and he dies. And it's it's very sad. I just don't think he could live without her. And that's... Oh, man. Damn it, Corey. Uh, yeah. It, it, oh, it, God, I'm sorry. Did I ruin it? No. No, 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 no. I'm just like... <laughs> like it's, this is, it's such an emotional part because I think the most... The part that really made me break down and cry was um, Bridget laying down with her mom in the bed. After that's where the, I was sobbing. Like, yeah. couldn't catch my she, breath. She's She has a moment where she's clearly kind of more more herself now than she's been throughout the movie like she's having like a moment where the dementia's kind of backed off for okay. a second and she says i don't think i think this happened at the the right time where i'm able oh. to like if this had happened earlier i wouldn't have been able to live without him and yet i was i still remember him enough that i can i can be sad kind of thing you know, like i can't i wish i should have got the i have it right here oh. this i only wrote on two notes i don't actually take notes when we watch movies so i had to pause it replay it and write it down this was the perfect time any later i'd have forgotten him any earlier i'd have missed him too much right now is perfect i'll hardly ever know the difference i that i broke down i'm fighting I'm it like, right now it is so yes. It's such a well-written thought, and yet it it kind of sums up the the how damning the the Ill, the disease the is it a disease is that the right word for dementia like it, it oh my god it it's that broke me hard and because the the love of this of that couple is so powerful throughout the film he clearly loves her so much and is is it's killing him to see her forget things but he's unwilling to let her go for so long and when he finally does this you know it's the right thing she needs to be in a in a place where they can take care of her and like you said he can't live without her and literally his heart ends and it's i don't usually like that in movies because i i don't fully buy into that um but i i do buy into that because how many like older people do you see that you know one of the spouses passes away and then not yeah. very long afterwards the other spouse passes away too and i just 
like they he said that they've been friends or known each other for more than 60 years yeah we hear how he you know, like he kind of beat her into submission quote unquote uh to to start dating even like he wouldn't give up on the opportunities and um yeah it i i really appreciate this movie for a lot of things i I, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, um, but it's super well crafted. The characters are really well developed, and it is. Um, I, again, I don't have a personal experience with Alzheimer's or dementia uh, that I can connect this to, but it feels like it it would be a good representation of what it could be like in that scenario. I could be wrong. This could be a horrible representation, and I would definitely love to hear. Um, if some, if one of our listeners uh, watches this film and has an experience, I mean, obviously, Corey, you mentioned you you have your connection with it, um, but it feels pretty accurate to me. Agreed. I think that it was very well written, um, and I do love that that comes not long after when she says that line to her daughter that just earlier that day they were at the wake and she knew it was a wake. But she just couldn't figure out whose wake it was. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. Um, that was so tough. Especially, uh, she says something to the granddaughter, like, why are you crying? Or something like that. And that, like, the granddaughter looks away and, like, doesn't know what to say for a minute. It's uh, it's so tough. And even, like, I really... I was going to say, when they hand her the flag at the burial, she looks, like, shocked. Around, like, what's yeah why me <laughs> yeah like why are you giving this to me what do i do with this and it's 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 heartbreaking because it's such an important moment and yet she's not even aware of why you know and it and it's not a criticism to her obviously i'm not like oh what a it's just like oh my goodness this disease is so terrifying like that um and i have to say i i don't i can't say too much because i try to keep some of my personal life personal um but I am connected to um, a, a a person who has invested a lot of money into Alzheimer's research, and um, because of his own experiences and connected is I'm very loosely connected. Like I work for a place that has a connection to this man who is uh, a very generous person um, with the success that he's found in life, and uh, his wife had Alzheimer's, and that's what prompted him to start the foundation that he has. And this to, for this movie had like I'm very aware of this this person and and how kind and generous he is and all of the the research that he's invested in to try to find a cure for Alzheimer's, um, and seeing this kind of puts into perspective I guess what his life might have been like because again I don't have a personal experience dealing with Alzheimer's and I've seen there's some other movies that have have talked about the subject matter but. I don't remember the, like this movie I watched, you know, yes, only a day ago, but I've watched um, a couple of other movies since then. And we just I feel like we just kind of hit like every major beat in this film without like having notes in front of us or anything because it left such an impact. And that's, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I love film so much is it, it can give you an eye into a world uh that you would maybe otherwise not know and i again i i knew this man's story and this gave me an ability to to empathize even more with him 
Um, again, I don't know if that, how accurate the portrayal of the disease is in the film, but it did make me think about that. And, you know, I, I just... I don't know if everyone will have the same feelings that you and I seem to have for this movie, but um, I think it's a very well-made film with a lot of good intentions. I, I kind of I didn't do any research on the director. I'm wondering if this is a personal story. Um, if this that's what know. I was wondering. I because I just feel like I just I don't. I felt like it. It was just so well written, and I I feel like maybe you have to have personal experience to have such a like fleshed out story and feeling for it yeah and i'm sure um there's probably interviews online with her uh um talking about it but I, again i'm so unfamiliar with her uh usually i am at least a little familiar with the director that i you know of a film i'm picking oh um she's an american playwright so she oh might be why i'm less familiar she's probably done a lot more theater stuff and i am not very versed in theater um but uh i you know either way like you like you're saying it's definitely implied that she's if she doesn't have a personal experience with this it's got to be like third party personal like maybe her friend went through something because she's it just seems too dialed in to to not be so um is there anything else you wanted to talk about or say? No. Um, all right. Well, then it's time for our rating. Um, I was debating this pretty much from when it ended, and I think I'm going to go – I think it's super well made, and uh, I'm still – I don't feel like it's must-see. I think it's not quite golden, so I'm going to stay just below must-see for this one. I'm going with must-see. Good for you. Um, this is one you were de definitive on that, and sometimes you're not. Um, but uh, that said, that is our review of what they had from 2018. It is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Um, this month theme continues next week with Corey's pick. Uh, what do you remember? What you, you picked for our next one? <laughs> is it Roadhouse? It's Roadhouse. Um, <laughs> yes. Very different. Uh, movie tonally than what we just watched um roadhouse because i can't cry two weeks in a row john yeah i i agree that movie was a bit much uh roadhouse is from 1989 and i the plot synopsis a tough bouncer is hired to tame a dirty bar it <laughs> sounds like it's it's gonna be so intellectually stimulating yes um has a 36 meta score uh stars patrick swayze kelly lynch sam elliott ben gazari uh, Marshall R. Teague, Julie Michael. Um, these people are all quickly showing that they are not famous. Um, directed by Rowdy Harrington. Rowdy? Really? Rowdy Harrington. Um, yeah, so this is a movie uh, both Corey and I have not seen, and it's a Patrick Swayze staple. Um, so it's about time we check this off the list. Uh, I am questioning how much this will. Holy crap. That is a weird-looking scene. Uh, there are some interesting pictures on IMDb of this movie. Um, so, yeah, uh, this film is available to stream on Amazon Prime, uh, which is where we'll be watching it. Uh, as, again, that's our theme for this month is um, River Runs Through Us, parentheses, now streaming. Um, if you would 
like to share anything with us, your thoughts on the movies that we've watched, uh, suggestions for future themes or future films that we should watch, um, information about maybe your experience with the movies, uh, you can hit us up on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And you can read my reviews at BurkeReviews.com. Um, I'll have my review of Toy Story 4 up in a couple of days. Uh, the Dead Don't Die is up now. And, um, uh, you know, all the summer films that are coming out, I'll be reviewing most of the big ones. Um, I'd like to plug my other podcast uh, that I do with Matt from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. We do a monthly podcast called Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, um, or BAMP for short. And we review an entire month of film, um, the, the four major films for every month. Uh, we just did our episode for May. We're working on our episode for June as we are still in the middle of June. So we have a couple more movies to see. Um, but it's easy to subscribe. Just search us up um, on any of your, your platforms. Bloody awesome. And we'll pop right up. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do so. And if you like what we're doing, rate and review us. Um, it helps us find new listeners. Uh, we will be back next week with our review of Roadhouse. And until then, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts Covering the entire movie-verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.